want to welcome everyone that's here today. Welcome those online as well. I just still think it's so good to be meeting back in person and to be able to look out and see you guys that have joined us here today. If you're watching online, here's what I want to ask you to do. Would you take a minute to share this? Invite someone uh, to join in and watch with you online. Uh, I, I just believe that today's going to be an awesome uh, way to kind of wrap up this series and talk about what it means to be devoted. And I want to, as many people as possible to, to hear this message. So if you would take a minute to share this, uh, I would appreciate it. Um, I think that that'll be uh, one of the, to me, it's one of the greatest benefits of streaming online. It gives us an opportunity to reach people who may never ever step foot in, in this church, but we have an opportunity to take the message to them. So uh, let's take advantage of that today. Um, I also want to encourage you, if you're watching online, to think about joining us in person. Um, if you've ever been to a concert in person, it's a lot different than attending uh, online, right, or watching online. Uh, there's, a, there's a, and and that's for a concert. For a church service, it's even more. Uh, it's even more different because when you come together, not only do we worship, you have the community, you have fellowship, you have the encouragement. Uh, we're, we're part of the body of Christ, so I uh, just encourage you to um, uh, just to, to really be able to join in and be here with us if possible, and, and when you're here, we can learn how to serve. You have opportunities to serve on Sunday morning. You have opportunity to be part of our family. You have the opportunity to worship with us, and so I uh, just encourage you uh, to think about that. One of the things here at Cornerstone we believe in is reaching our community for Christ, and this week, we have an awesome opportunity to do that with our free community meal. Um, so if you've not signed up to help with that, we can use help in a couple different ways. One is to fix and prepare some of the food in advance. And so you can sign up uh, to bring uh, food for that. You can go to mycornerstone.fyi or go to the church center app that we've got and, and find out the information there uh, to help. You can also help serve uh, on, sun, uh, on Wednesday night for that. And so... Uh, we're looking forward to being able to get back um, in person for our, our, our community meals, and we're shooting uh, for possibly May, uh, June time frame, right around there. As soon as we can, we're going to be back in person for that. Uh, but for right now, we're still doing a drive-through meal, but it, it, it is a really a good way to connect with people in our community, to share the love of Christ, just to, to share a meal with them. So I uh, encourage you to serve for that um, if possible. And one more thing. I want to give you a warning this morning, okay? This is kind of, um, I've been dealing with a kidney stone since Tuesday of this week. And so, um, it, you know, I woke up about 5.30 this morning with it hurting again. And, and so I'm kind of, it's like, it's like a ticking time bomb, right? If you've ever had one, you know it's not much fun. And so if you see me up here kind of like double over in pain or grimace, don't panic. It's just a kidney stone. I'll be fine. I've had a bunch before. Um, so don't, don't go and get all worried on me, but that, I'm just giving you a, a heads up just in case, because you never know, um, you may be thinking I'm getting into the spirit, and it's just a kidney stone getting in me, okay? And when that thing comes out, I'm, I'm going to be praising God, I'm just telling you that. So, just tell you that uh, up front a little bit, so uh, it, it may be to your advantage, because I'm going to try to keep things short this morning, because <laughs> uh, uh, you just never know what's going to happen here. We're in a series called Devoted, uh, having faithful obedience in the same direction. And I hope that's what you're striving for in life. I, I really do. Uh, to keep going in the same direction, 
to finish the race of life strong, to stay devoted, to not let anything pull us off the path that God has prepared for us. Um, in, a, in a world where it seems like more and more people are, are deviating from that path that God has intended, this is, this is tough. And that's why we're taking time to talk about it. Uh, because we know it's not easy. Uh, throughout this series, we've been learning about how to deal with trouble in life. Because I, I feel like that's the, the biggest thing that happens. People encounter trouble, and when they encounter trouble, it's like, okay, what do we do? You, you have that choice, do we turn to God, or do we rely on ourselves? And so they, we just see people constantly kind of turn their back on God and try to do things their own way. And so how can we stay faithful no matter what circumstances are happening in our life? Here, here's just the first point. I, I'm just going to jump right in and go today. So it's kind of like buckle up, hold on, let's go. And, and it's this. When we encounter troubles of all kinds, we are faced with a choice. We can turn to ourselves, or we can turn to God. And I, I, I just share this because we, I've seen this anecdotally over and over again. Uh, we know this is what happens, right? When people hit troubles, we're faced with that choice. Are we going to try to turn to ourselves to handle it and say, I've got this, I don't need any help, I, I'm going to turn, I, I'm going to handle this my own way, I'm going to self-medicate, I'm going I'm I'm to go and, and just you know, handle this on my own, or are we going to turn to God? And so this really is about how we respond in times of trouble. If we choose to turn to ourselves, this is where we turn into that vicious cycle of temptation. We talked about temptation last week, right? That temptation that we're, um, we, we just kind of, you know, we have that choice that we, we, we talked about this, right? That God has a plan that will lead to life. And, it's a, and even the troubles in life, he can use those to grow us. But Satan has this plan of destruction. And he uses temptation to do that. So when we turn to ourselves, what happens is, right, we give in to that temptation. We follow that sin. We do what we know we're not supposed to do. We turn our back and walk away from God time after time. And yet when we choose God, what we do is we surrender to His plan. We acknowledge God has a plan for my life. Do you really believe that, that God has a plan for your life? God has a, I mean, a plan that He has prepared for you since before you were even born. That's the kind of plan God has. And so what we do when we turn back to God, we say, I don't understand what's going on in my life right now. It doesn't make sense, but that's okay because I know you have a plan. And I'm going to surrender to that plan. I'm going to trust your plan. I'm going to, I know you're going to work all those things together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And so we just trust Him. Um, I feel like believers, when we go through troubles, we're especially vulnerable to what I would call spiritual con artists, right? Uh, last week we learned how we are tempted to blame God for our troubles, but God will never, ever, ever tempt us. God will never, ever tempt us to do something wrong. Now, He will test us, but He will not tempt us. And there's a huge difference. And if you missed last week, go back and, and listen or watch because that's an important distinction, right? He will test us, but it's not with evil desires. Those don't come from God. Those come from within us. Those evil desires come from within. But I feel like when we're going through a troubling time, we're especially vulnerable to con artists. 
Did you know that, I've read this and I haven't fact-checked it, but the second largest industry in Nigeria is that of the phone uh, con artists who email you know, and call gullible Americans telling us to give our bank account information over. It's the second largest industry. What does that tell you, right? That, that they wouldn't be doing it if people aren't responding and actually giving them the information. What is, people are so desperate to get money back. We're so desperate in a financial place that we would do anything. Uh, we take risks that we normally wouldn't. We're vulnerable, right? When you're in a place uh, where, uh, of, where you're lacking, when you're in a place of trouble, when you're in crisis financially, you're vulnerable. I think the same thing is true in our spiritual life um, because... Satan, he's that master deceiver. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. That's what John 8 tells us. Uh, uh, 2 Corinthians tells us that, uh, that he, his, pro, his false prophets disguise themselves as angels of light. And, and so what happens when we get in trouble, we're vulnerable, we, we're gullible, we, we, we buy into the lie that this will bring me happiness. And God's saying, but, you, but this is what I've called you to do. But like, we're like, oh, but this, this, this happiness, this joy, this pleasure, this, this, uh, this prosperity, all this stuff, this is where, where I want to go. And, and so we follow after things that rob us of the joy that God has planned us. So um, here's what Satan constantly does when we hit trouble. He says, so your God is good and powerful, right? then why did he allow this to happen? We start questioning God. We start wondering why. You know, Satan will say, either your God is not very good or he's not able to handle the problems in your life. And and if we believe that, right, and, and we're vulnerable in those times of trouble, we're gullible. If we believe Satan's lies, what happens? We just get deeper and deeper into our problem. We take our eyes off Jesus and we just take, go farther and farther off the path that God has planned for us. So that's what we want to talk about today. I believe this last year um, has been a test for the, for the church. Uh, it, it's been a big test. We've gone through a lot. Uh, when you look at everything we've gone through with COVID and, and the election and the pandemic and all this stuff and uh, and it's been a, a test. Have we turned to ourselves, or have we turned to God? Uh, just think about that for a minute. When you think about all the events of the past year, where have we turned uh, to handle our trouble? Uh, have we retreated and focused on self-preservation? Just the hoarding of toilet paper last year shows you that's what it's, we've turned to self, right? That, that's, I mean, you just see that. I mean, you think it's like every man for himself. That's been the mentality for it's not brought out the best in people. And so, you know, we, we have that choice. Do we turn to ourselves or do we turn to God? If we turn to God, that means we really start thinking about how we can be the church, how we can fulfill the mission that God has given us. That means we realize the church is really not about us and our preferences. It's about God. It's about His glory and not our comfort. It means that we're continuing to look for ways to lead people to Christ. I, I feel like one of the dangers that we're facing uh, is that we've been isolated so long is that 
Uh, we've turned church into what we can get out of it instead of what we can contribute to it. And, and so I, I've shared a little bit as we've gone through this series, as we look at the church nationwide, what we're seeing is churches are struggling. And so many people are staying home and saying, you know, I like it this way. I, I can, I'll attend when it's convenient. And what it is, it's like we've turned church into what we can get out of it instead of what we can contribute to it. And as the body of Christ, each and every one of us has a gift that God has given you to use to build up the body of Christ. That's why it's so important to stay involved. I shared a quote this week on Connect at Cornerstone, um, uh, which are our Facebook group. And if you're not joined our Facebook group yet, please go and do it. Uh, there's a link to it from... Uh, if you're watching at live.mycornerstone.org, there's a link right at the top saying uh, join our group um, and, and you can do that. And it, it's a place that where throughout the week we can connect with each other. Uh, but I shared a quote on it this week. It was from Rick Warren, the opening line of the purpose driven church or purpose driven life. Excuse me. He opens up that book with this. It's, he says, it's not about you. The purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by His purpose and for His purpose. And I just share that, right? When we hit troubles, again, are we going to turn to ourselves? or are we going to turn back to God and realize He's got a purpose in all of this? He can turn it around for our good and for His glory. And that's what being devoted means. It means that no matter what the circumstances are, we're going to make the choice to follow Jesus. Doesn't matter what's going on with the government. Doesn't matter what's going on uh, with disease around us, with our comfort. It's not dependent upon our safety even. Do you realize that uh, one of the ways that the early church exploded in growth was because of how they responded when tragedy hit? Uh, you can read about how they responded when the plague hit all of Europe. And uh, I read this this week, and, and this, is, um, this is what Eusebius uh, shared. He said, when it came about that the poor were, were neglected and overlooked by the pagan priest, then I think that the Christians observed this fact, and they devoted themselves to philanthropy. To another, he wrote, he said, they support not only their own, but ours as well, as men see that our people lack aid for us. And, and this whole article was about how Christianity conquered Rome and, and how it took over. And what happened is the plague hit. Everybody like turned to their self and like every man for themselves, let's get out. And as everybody was leaving the city, everybody was running out because the plague was killing people. The Christians were coming in. The Christians were coming in. They were taking care of those who were dying. And many of them even lost their own life in the process. Why do I share that? I share that because I, I'm not sure that we would respond the same way as the church today. <laughs> I don't know that we would do the, the, the same thing today. I, I look at it today and I, I'm like, I, I feel like we're turning to ourselves a, a lot more than we're turning back to God. And thinking about the mission He has given us. God's love, what it does, it invites us into this level of devotion, right? So that His love can flow through us, so that He can use us. 
And so we simply cannot forget that. So let's kind of jump in today. Uh, I just want to remind us that through every trial, every temptation, we can remember what Paul tells us. He tells the church in Rome, Romans 8.35 says this. It says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Okay, nothing can separate you from God's love. Can we just say that together? Nothing can separate you from God's love. Do you believe that? Again, this is... This is the good news of the gospel that nothing can separate us from his love. We cannot be separated from the love that God has. And that love was shown to us. Romans tells us that while we were still sinners, God demonstrated his love towards us, right? Christ died for us. And so I just share that with you. Just because you're going through a tough time in life, it doesn't mean God has forgotten about you. We've got to be reminded of that time after time after time. And you may be saying, well, Mike, I'm not re- things are going all right right now for me. And I'm just going to tell you, just wait, because there's going to be a time when trouble does come. And if you're prepared now for it, then you can remember that nothing is going to separate you from God's love. We're going to finish up the passage we've been studying throughout this series. We've been in James chapter 1 the whole time. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and flip there. Uh, if not, you can follow along on the screen with us. Here's what we've learned throughout this series. One, that we can count it all joy when we experience trouble. Right? We can keep that joy. So no matter what happens in the circumstances around us, we can be joyful in that. Realizing how God can use it to grow us and shape us to be more like Christ. We have learned how we need wisdom to get through the troubles in life. That's the first thing we need to pray for. When we hit trouble, we need to pray for wisdom. How can we honor God through this? How can we stand strong? We, uh, we, we can't waste the troubles in life. We've got to use them, allow God to use us in the midst of those troubles. And then we've learned how Satan wants to deceive us, how he has a plan to destroy us. And so that's what we've been learning so far. And let's kind of finish up this passage we've been in. We're in James chapter 1, verse 16 through 18 this morning. And so what James says, he says, So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true word, and we, out of all creation, we became His prized possession. So what James is doing here, he's pulling together everything we've been learning about, uh, about faithfulness, about being devoted, about staying on course, about not wavering. And he's telling us the reason we can do this is because God is God and God is good. That's what he's just pulling it all about, pulling it all back to is that God is good. And so when we can keep our eyes on Jesus, we're not going to get deceived. 
I shared that we're pretty vulnerable. We're gullible in the midst of our trouble. So I want to talk. I want to give you two ways right this morning that we can avoid being deceived during our trials and troubles. So if you're going through a hardship, how can we not be deceived? How can we keep our eyes on Jesus? How can we not turn back to ourselves? Instead, turn back to God. Here's two things. The first thing. We need to remember God's goodness. The first thing Satan's going to do, he's going to make you, he's going to tempt you to, to think that God doesn't care, that God's not good, that God's the one to blame. And, and so that's why James says here, don't be misled, right? Whatever is, is good and perfect, it's a gift coming down to us. From God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes. He never casts a shifting shadow. You know who God is. You know where He stands. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His goodness is a part of His character. Every single thing that is good comes from God. You know, uh, have you ever had one of those moments like you're... You get a coat out of the closet. I had this happen not long ago. I got a coat out of the closet and I stuck my hand in the pocket and I'm like, wait, there's money in it. Have you ever had that happen? That's a good feeling, isn't it? You're like, man, I, I mean, it's like winning the lottery. It could be a, a $10 bill and you're, you're like happy all day when you find an extra $10, right? Or maybe that's just me. Um, that's something good. I mean, do you, do you ever like, Okay, God, thank you. That's a good gift. <laughs> I mean, everything that is good comes from God. Now, now, you say, Mike, that's a little bit of a stretch. I'm telling you, everything that is good that happens in life, it goes back to God. He's the one who's provided for us. He's the one who has blessed us. And so I'm not exaggerating. Do you praise Him for all of those little things in life that are good? Now, I remember when, uh, all the way back... Um, Jennifer, I don't know if you remember this. When we did Emma's birth announcement, this is the verse that we had on it. Every, hmm, there's looks. <laughs> okay. Like I said, when we did Luke's birth announcement, this is the verse we had on it. That's funny. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift. I think, I think it was Emma. Okay, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. Whatever is good. I mean, everything we have is a blessing from God. Okay, I, I, in my defense, it's been over 20 years, so I'll just say that. I'm getting old. So, His goodness is just part of His character. And so we just got to remember, we've got to associate all those good things in our life. It comes from God. And so we need to step back. We need to remember that. We need to remind ourselves, right, when the troubles do hit, that our troubles don't change who God is. Our troubles don't mean all of a sudden that God is no longer good. God, our circumstances don't change God's character and God's nature. At Luke eleven thirteen. It says this, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? 
That's God, you're, when you become a Christian, we've talked about this, right? You are justified. Your sins are forgiven. But you are adopted into the family of God. You become His child. And if you're a child of God, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? God gives the greatest gift of all. He gives His Spirit to live inside of us, to indwell in us, to help us, to guide us, to give us wisdom as we go through life. That's how much God loves us. And that doesn't mean that all the things that we encounter in life are always going to be pleasant. Doesn't mean that our circumstances are always going to be great. Doesn't mean that we'll never have hardship. But here's the thing we've got to remember. God still loves us. He still cares about us. He's going to give us what we need. And no matter what we go through, He's going to be right there with us because He's given us the Holy Spirit. And so we can remember God's goodness, even when our circumstances aren't good. What we are going through doesn't change who God is. And and we've already learned that God can use those tough times for our good and and His glory. So what do we do uh, when uh, we're facing those trials and temptations? we, We keep our eyes on Jesus. We remember who He is. We don't forget. We remember a couple things. We remember His goodness is unchanging. God is constantly, consistently good. Uh, God never gets in a bad mood. Now, my children will tell you, there are times I'm in a bad mood, <laughs> right? Our, you know, as earthly fathers, there's times that we're not always good. But our Heavenly Father is consistently, constantly good. He never changes He's always good because He is already perfect and good in every way. His goodness is also, it's undeserved for us. We didn't do anything to earn His his love or His goodness. David Platt said this, he said, God has given us new life based not on our works, but on His grace. He chose to give us birth, and that's what it's talking about here in James. He chose to take His Word and write it on our hearts. Hearts that were sinful to the core. This is the gospel. The message of Christianity. Anything that is good in you is because of God's undeserved goodness toward you. God is the source of every good thing in us. Were it not from Him, every, were it not for Him, everything in us would be bad. We need His undeserved goodness to change us from the inside out. And that is what faith relies on at every level. His goodness is unchanging, it's undeserved, and it's unending. His goodness never ends. And so it's just a preview of what heaven is going to be like one day when we get to live for all of eternity with the God who loves us and has created us. And so we've got to remember, when those times of trouble come, we've got to remember God's good. He's good now, He's always going to be good, He's going to be good forever. And that may sound, sound like a minor thing, but it changes your perspective. And that's what we need. We need to gain a new perspective about our problems. And when we understand who God is and how much He loves us, that gives us the perspective we need. Here's the second thing. We remember God's goodness, but we remember God has saved us. It doesn't matter what happens to us in this life. I know how the, the story ends. I know where I'm going to be for all of eternity. Right? It says He chose, in verse 18, He chose to give us birth by giving us His true Word. What's it? It's talking about the spiritual birth. It's talking about being born again. Right, And we, out of all creation, we became His prized possession. 
David Platt also said this. He, he said, he has saved us from our sin. And if he has saved us from our sin, then we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he will see us through our sorrow. If he loved, if God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you, then you can be sure that God will uh, see us through every sorrow, every problem, every trial that we have. If he loves you that much that he would allow his own son to take our punishment and sin and shame upon himself and be nailed to a cross, then we can be sure that he cares about the sorrow that we're going through. And so when we go through trials, this is what Satan does. He hits you on these two things. Either God is not good or he must not be in control. And here's what I want you to know. We've got to cling both to his goodness and his sovereignty. We've got to cling to God is good and God is in control. God is good and God is in control. Just remind yourself of that as you're going through problems. If God is the source of your salvation, he's not going to abandon you when you face trials. Paul put it this way in Philippians chapter 1. He says, I'm certain that God, um, who began the good work in you, within you, he will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, he's going to continue that. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's not going to leave you on your own. He's going to be with you through every trial and every trouble. Since God saves you for his purpose, he will care for you through every pain. We just need to remember that. James tells us here, we become his prized possession. That we would be, another, you know, the, the literally it says that we would be, be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. And this goes all the way back to the Old Testament that uh, a first fruit is, is the best, right? It, it's the best offering that is given to God, the first and the best. And, and as God's first fruit, he owns you and he is free to use you as he chooses. He saved you. And you're his prized possession. He cares about you. And I think some of us just need to be reminded of that today. Some of us feel like, God, if you love me, you wouldn't allow me to go through all this trouble. God is telling you, you're my prized possession. You're my prized possession. That's how much I love you. That's how much I care about you. John 15 says this. It says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. God chose you. We think, we, even our terminology is wrong sometime on this. We say, you know, we, we want to lead, you know, we'll say, I led someone to Christ. Or No, Jesus chose them first, right? God chose us before we chose Him. That's how much He loved you. That he chose us and he says, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. So God saved you so that you would bear fruit. God saved you so you would be a fruitful believer. So God saved you so you would live for him instead of living for yourself. And so if you're spending all of your time and your money and your efforts to make your life more comfortable for yourself, then you're not serving God. You're serving 
self. James, what he wants us to realize, right? God has given us this new life. God loves us. He cares for us. He has not forgotten us. And he has a plan for you. There's another book, uh, another letter in the New Testament that talks about suffering a lot. And I want to take us there in 1 Peter chapter 1. Um, Peter shares a little bit about the same thing that we've been talking through. The same good news that we can keep our eyes on Jesus, that we can rejoice no matter what we're going through. This is what Peter says. He says, so be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. It says here, you love him even though you've never seen him. Though you did not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. I think that wraps it up better than I could. Everything we've been talking about, right? Our faith, it may be tested, uh, but it just shows that we can still love God in the midst of our problems. That we can have a joy in that. The reward for that faithfulness is to be with the God who created us forever. To be in fellowship with Him. Because we live in this fallen world, I'm just sharing, we don't always know why things happen. I read the, the book of Job a, a couple weeks ago and going through that and Job is such an interesting book. Um, you know, Job is questioning the whole time, like, or Job's friends are questioning why all this bad stuff is happening, and, and Job's just trying to survive through it. And, you know, at the end of the book, we're, we're like waiting, and we're, we're expecting Job to find out the reason he went through all this craziness, why he lost everything, why he went through all this pain and all this trouble. You realize, don't you, that at the end of Job, that God never tells him why. We know because we're reading the story, but Job doesn't know. I, I think we like having everything wrapped up real neatly and understanding, and, and people will even when you go through a loss, and I, I, you know, I've been at the funeral home, and people will say, well, you'll understand why this happened one day. I, I want to just shout, no, you may not. On this side of eternity, you may not understand why you go through the problems that you're facing right now. And that's all right because it doesn't change who God is. It's all right because it doesn't change God's love for you. We want answers. God wants faithfulness. I just share that with you, right? There are going to be times that we live in this broken, fallen world. You will not be able to make sense of it. There will be times you look at it and you will not understand why bad things have happened. There will be times that, that it looks like Satan has won. We need to be reminded God is still God and God is still in control. And God is still good. And as long as we remember that, we can stand firm. 
As long as we remember that we can be devoted. As long as we remember that we can stay on that path that God has set for us. I want to close this morning with with Ephesians chapter 2. This is what Paul tells us. God saved you by your grace, by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for it. It's a gift from God. Salvation, it's not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Now, I share that. I just wanted to tell you, if you don't know Jesus, then when you hit a problem in life, you're, you don't have anywhere to turn but yourself. And that may be why you're struggling. As a believer in Jesus, though, no matter what happens, we can turn to God because He is God, He is good, and He is in control. He has created a plan for us. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that He has planned for us. We are His masterpiece, as Paul tells us. His poetry, His prized possession, as James tells us. That's how much God loves you. And so this morning as we wrap up, I just want to ask, do you know Him? Do you know Him? If you're watching online, do you know Jesus? Not just know about him, not just know, okay, there's this guy that lived long ago. Do you really know him? Has he saved you? Has he forgiven your sins and given you new life? Are you born again? If not, this is your opportunity. I'm going to ask everybody, would you bow your heads with me today? As as we close today, I just want to give you an invitation to respond. An invitation to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, then today, right now, right here, wherever you're at, you can take the time and you can can acknowledge Him and make Him the Lord of your life. Would you just pray with me and say, Heavenly Father, I'm tired of trying to do things my way. I'm tired of turning to myself to fix every problem. Instead, I want to turn to You. Lord, would You forgive me of the sin in my life? Those evil desires that have kept pulling me away from you. Would you forgive me of my sin? I believe that Jesus died for my sin. That he went to the cross on my behalf. That he took the penalty. He took the punishment that I deserve. And because of that, Lord, I know that when I can, I can put my faith, I can put my trust in Jesus and in Jesus alone to save me. And so right now, God, I want you to save me. I want you to transform me. I want you to make me born anew in in your spirit, Lord. Would you come into my life and change me, transform me from the inside out and help me be more like Jesus in everything I do and the things I say and the things I think uh, and the things, just everything about my life, Lord. Uh, Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful that you still save people today. As every head is still bowed, I'm going to ask, I don't do this very often, but if you're here today and you don't know Jesus and you just prayed that prayer while every head is bowed, would you just lift up your hand and say, Mike, I, I, I want you to pray for me because I just, I just gave my life to Jesus. Anybody here in this place? Anybody here that would be honest enough to raise your hand and say, okay, Mike, would you pray for me? Anybody? Online, you can do the same thing. You can, write, you can click that button. Hey, uh, I, I just accepted Jesus. Thank you. Anybody else?
I'm so thankful, God. Let's just praise you this morning. You still save us today. You still can change us. You can still transform us. You can still help us. Lord, we, we love you. And that's why we come together. That's why we exist as a church. Help us not to think church is about us. But help us to realize it's all about the world who needs, uh, needs Jesus. So today, Lord, we just worship you. We honor you. We praise you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.